0: Hello, 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 people. Welcome back to the Suya podcast. And today I have a very, very special guest. But before I talk about our special guest, um, this topic today is what I'll call the real Suya conversation, right? The very spicy conversation that uh, I hope that we're all ready for um, due to the recent events that have been happening in our beloved country, Nigeria. Um, As we all know, Um, on the 20th of October I think we were all shocked into what we all saw um, and the images that we saw across social media every social media platform um, with peaceful protesters I will still I will still stand by that um, where peaceful protesters were allegedly but I don't want to use the word allegedly but we saw online at least from one of the images I saw online um, being shot and um unfortunately, somewhere uh, killed. But this conversation really, I'm not going to start this episode today based on politics and all that, um, because we all know that that change and that reform is going to take a lot. Not that it would never happen, but my conversation today really, I think, for me, um, it's the self-awareness. So, if you all realize, or if you listen to my pod- podcast from the beginning, you'd realize that the Suya, it's an acronym, actually, I kind of came up with, uh, which is self-awareness, understanding and yielding to affection, right? And the self-awareness, I think for me, it's, it started a few years ago, because once I go to Nigeria each time, I tend to go with a different set of eyes. Um, and I realize that there's something about self-awareness that if you, ex- especially if you know who you are, then there's certain things that you would not tolerate. There's certain things you would not, um, exhibit. And there's certain things that you would not, um, pass on. Right. So this self-awareness really is about as sad as what happened on the 20th of October, as sad and tragic as it is, we actually also need to look at ourselves and, and figure out, yes, we want a new Nigeria, um, a new Nigeria that is not only the government's responsibility, I dare say, is not only the government's responsibility. Um, it is up to each Nigerian. So I welcome my dearest friend and brother, um, our Loyal, aka Bam, that's how I call him. Um, our families have known each other for God knows long before I was born, right? So Bam, I'll let you introduce yourself to our guest and then we'll continue the conversation.
1: Hey, Kemisadeh, thank you so much. Uh, it's a real, real privilege to be on the Suya podcast. It's really an honor. And thank you. Uh, no, no, it's uh, great things you're doing. So it really, it's a privilege to be here. And as you say, uh, you know, the phrase that comes to mind is Uncle Olu. <laughs> <laughs> your, your dad, my uncle. And um, yeah, so our families have known each other forever, you know. And, you know, mm. I suppose my dad and your dad. You know, they were in each other's pockets in those days and everything. Yeah. And uh, yeah. lovely memories. But yeah, so like you, I think I would describe myself as a passionate Nigerian, you know, uh, desiring to see that uh, Nigerian dream that we know exists realized. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, you know, it's, it's just a life mission for me and for you. I know I, uh, we believe that we cannot rest until we see, you know, Nigeria be what it has the potential to be by God's grace. And, yeah. uh, and, and it's just been let down by whatever you call it. It's the human side, but that's what we need to fix. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I, um, you know, uh, I, I've, I've started doing more things now. For example, my blog called my Nigerian dream on, uh, uh, WordPress. So these are things that, uh, you know, I, I'd like to be introduced to introduce myself, by. it's not so much, yeah. you know, uh, it's what's relevant to this conversation, if you see what I yeah. mean. So, yeah. So, you know, just trying to get out there to just put one's view out, which is sort of the sort of thing we're going to talk about. And, uh, as we go on, but yeah, so let's just maybe leave it there and maybe questions will draw more things out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I wanted to, I mean, so I would say before, I mean, once the the, the protest started, I'm trying to get my dates right. I don't want to say anything that would uh that will um that will kind of come back and bite me in the ass <laughs> my French. Um, yeah. um but then when when the when the protest started, I mean for me, the I'll go by gut feeling, right? So before it started the There was a documentary, I don't know if anyone, I mean, if you guys haven't seen it, uh, the documentary called Journey to um, the African Colony was released on the 1st of October, right? Mm. Um, And I will, I mean, the, I think the protest started on the 11th of October, if I'm correct, I think. Or was it earlier than that? But I, that's when I got wind of it. Mm. So it might have started earlier than that. I'm not quite sure. Feel, guys, feel free to email me to correct me. Um, But that's when I got wind of it. So I, to me, I'm going to say maybe that's when, or maybe that was when it was announced it would be dissolved. Trying to kind of figure that out. But um, on watching, and I'll tell the truth, on watching that Journey to African Colony on the 1st of October, I only watched the first episode and something just sparked in me. Like a, I can't, I can't describe it. And it was only the first episode. And I got quite emotional about it because I thought I won't be able to watch this. This is just so raw it was it was just too um, too. I, I I don't want to use the word déjà vu for me, mm. um, but the fact that okay, this was how, and this was the intention of our colonial masters, right? Um, and then I had to watch it again. But then I also knew that if I had this spark of maybe sense of duty, sense of of pride, or not even pride, or the failed. Uh, Uh, embarrassment of a failed state right i was sure that i was not the only one i was not the only one that either saw just one episode and that happened and when the protest started i i kind of knew i was like this is bigger than what we are seeing like i i just it was just a feeling or i don't know I, i don't want to be too um spiritual right now because obviously i want to be able to uh have other people understand that sometimes there's a calling that you get, you can watch something and you're immediately drawn to it. That's just your spirit being drawn to something because you know that this is where you belong or it identifies with something that is really uh, a passion for you. Right. And that was what I got. Um, and watch. eventually I had to go back maybe like a week after I think, and then decided to watch the whole thing. Mm. And it, what struck me was, the first, and which is probably what we we'll start the first uh, conversation with is what was Nigeria built on? Right. Um, and that kind of gave us a glimpse. I think I'm, I'm sure that there are more in-depth um, videos or articles about what Nigeria was built on. But again, I also want to believe that certain things are probably biased to the writer or the author of it. Right. Mm. So, but for me, I think what I, what I saw and because of, because the NSARS protest was happening along the same time was that Nigeria was built on, uh, taking over, right? So people uprising against a certain group of people and conquering, right? Which is the story of every other country in the world. Um, but then we also, if you look at the history of obviously, even after we got our, our independence and, you know, um, talking about the 1929 protests with the Abia women, it seemed like there always had to be a group of people mm. that would rise for their rights, rise to fight for the rights of the people that couldn't speak for themselves, the vulnerable, um, you know, the everyday, the masses, right? And there was always uh, uh uprising with that. And there was always opposition, right? So it seemed like, History was repeating itself for me. That's what it felt like. Um, and that's why I'm referring to that journey of an African colony. And if anybody hasn't watched it, I will suggest that you do because it gives you a glimpse of how it just seemed like we're going around in circles. And there's so many references to that. Um, I know in my generation, the one I remember was 1993 on June 12. So, the, And there's so many other ones like that. And the foil subsidy one, Ali Moscow, so many um, where people got themselves together and said no. Um but they were met by really bloody opposition mm. from the government, right? So again, I'm trying not to get political here, but it's for us to be able to understand that okay, if this is a cycle, how do we break that cycle or how do we go around the cycle or what's the smarter way to go about it? Um and the protest was amazing. Like I I mean following some that I could follow um was amazing to see that how organized people were, how organized everyone was, how they all had the same agenda, they had the same goal, right? Um, to speak up. And I think it was probably even done um better, I would say, because of the lockdown or the the ease of, of lockdown. Because I can't imagine if people were going about their daily lives. Yeah. Maybe and there was no lockdown or no COVID, maybe people will be so self-aware like that. I feel like, you know, the the lockdown and the, the COVID pandemic also helped yeah. people be more aware. Or it, I call it a revelation time, really. I don't even like using the word lockdown. I'm just like, it's a revelation time yeah. because things are coming out the open, right? I don't know what your own opinion of, of if, I mean, what you want to say to that because that's how I I kind of, I'm processing, I'm still processing, you know, what Nigeria was built on what are, what, what are the, how are the ways in which we have ignored so many things for so long? And then it's like, a it's like, uh, a, uh, a, a, you know, when you're, when you're shaking a Coke bottle and eventually you open the cap and everything. Yeah. You know, going what's to going to, to happen. Out, right? don't you? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: No, very interesting. So, you know, like you, I quite agree that, um, we need to look at history and understand patterns and be able to take those patterns and potentially project them forward to be able to predict what could happen in any particular situation we find ourselves. Right. Now, all these things I see, of course, you know, as a Christian, you know, I do believe in the in the providence and the hand of God in everything that we do. So I don't think anything is a coincidence. So first mm-hmm. of all, this whole thing uh, you said about uh, COVID and the situation that we're in, I, I, I quite like that phrase you used. What was it again? Uh, revelation time. Revelation, yes. yes.
0: And, and I think, time. you know, yeah.
1: revelation is one of the things that comes out of it, definitely. And, and how does that come to be? Because people are in a place of solitude. People are in a place yeah. where, you know, they they can stop for a moment, listen, you know, and um, and uh, the, the, the cares, worries of life are not in your face all the time. You see what I mean? So yes, yeah. the result of that is that people are a little bit more quiet. You know, they're not going about their daily business. Well, because I agree with you, it could be possible that if life was normal as the old normal, if I can use that phrase, was... Some people may not even have had time for any protest, you know, because okay. the Nigerian spirit, you know, it has massive advantages, but those same strengths could be also weaknesses. And, 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 and what I mean yeah. by that is that the Nigerian spirit is extremely resilient. We mm-hmm. find our ways round over underneath any situation that we yeah. find ourselves and we just get on with it. And, but what that means sometimes is that when we should confront a thing, or address it and say, nope, this is wrong. I don't have to live with this. I don't have to find my way around it. When we should do that, we don't because of this resilience. And sometimes it then translates into what ends up being in a very simplistic manner, selfishness. Because if I have the means to fix the situation for myself, (laughs) for myself, then that's what I'll do. So if I got an SUV, big fat one, and the road in front of my very house is is really bad.
0: As long as I've got oh, my SUV,
1: yeah. I'm good, you know? And, you know, it doesn't matter, yeah. you know, who else that affects or anything. So we don't go into advocacy, do you understand, against, you know, mm. the local government and say, listen, this is wrong. These roads have to be fixed. I, you know, I'm, I, I know that the issue of roads in Nigeria is far greater than I'm making it sound, but I'm just implying that if a if, few if, if people got together and said, listen, this is wrong. We're gonna, you know, come together and make our voice heard, and and deal with this. Yes, they may not be listened to. Yes, they may not do anything, but we don't even get up to try.
0: Okay, can I just yeah, pause on. you there because the bad of me is coming. Out <laughs> now let go on. So let you. You've actually just gone into my second like okay. pointer to because it's a question I'm throwing out to everyone that is also listening. Um, in what you mm. have said, the great. The, the greatness of us as Nigerians is that we're resilient is literally like we can sell snow to yep. a snowman. Literally, that's how I think, you know, the spirit that we have. And the next thing I wanted to obviously bring into what you've just easily done, it, which is great, was that have I been an enabler to these core practices, right? So as you said, resilient or selfish, it's kind of like a thin line. So I want to go back to our parents' generation. Mm. <laughs> Because as much as people are saying, oh, is the Benudake, well, maybe, maybe not. Is I, I can't say that because I didn't walk a mile in their shoes, Yeah. right? So it's hard to, I think it's hard. I think it's a little bit hard, unfair to judge them that they didn't do much. But where I would judge them is exactly what you said. So, for instance, and I think I had this conversation with you a few weeks ago, where I remember in Nigeria, where before NEPA took light, you got a letter circulation in your... Whatever area that you lived, I'm only speaking as an Ibadan girl where I grew up. It may not be the case for everybody, but I remember that as young as I was, right? And eventually got to a stage where, okay, they just didn't even bring light (laughs) again. There was just no electricity, right? And people now started buying their generators that could afford a Mm. generator or you buy your rechargeable lamp. I remember the rechargeable lamp and the gas lamp, right? And that's that
1: resilient spirit again. Find a way around it.
0: That's the resilience. However... Mm -hmm. That was, it now became okay. Those that could afford genital will afford it. Those that couldn't, again, a, a bit selfish because if they all rose up and said, hello, no, you can't, NEPA or whatever they were called then, you can't, uh, you can't come and be asking us for a bill. And you have only, electricity has only been provided maybe four days in the 30 day month, right? So if those things, if those, if those, uh, advocacies were brought up, I don't think the state of electricity will be that bad because now what happened was that then there were different types of generators. So eventually you bought a house or you built your own house. You were like, okay, water corporation wasn't bringing water. I'm going to be my own Absolutely. water. supply. So Everybody dug yeah. well. Boho. And, boho. and I I feel like those things contributed to the decay. I
1: agree.
0: I, I actually agree. Those things brought to... Some, somebody is living on, if you, God bless you, if you're living on the street of a rich man, he would just build his own streetlights and it didn't matter. And those things are wrong. That mindset, yes, it was being, they were pr- trying to make do, to make life comfortable for themselves. Yes, mm-hmm. I agree. But it was also selfish because what happened was that we now enabled these government agencies that are supposed to provide the basics to think, well, since they're going to make it out of it anyway, why bother supplying it to them? Because now they didn't see it as their duty, right? They didn't see it as something that they had to do, a service that they had Mm. to provide. And that's something as simple as water and electricity. Something as simple as that, you know? So because they thought, "Ah, well, they would always just find a way.
1: Yeah, no, I I totally agree with you. And I think it's a great point as well. Uh, but I, I yeah. want to be a little bit kind to, to those generations before us, because this is why I think history is important as well. You've made fantastic points, and mm-hmm. I think it's one side of the coin. But there may be other yeah. sides, and I'm not even sure. Maybe I'm just being too kind. But um, let me let me throw some things out, see what you think, okay? So first okay. of all, let's be clear. Everything you've said, I think, is a contributing factor. I think you've painted one side of the coin. But you can't spend that coin without Mm. having the other side. So if we're going to be kind to them a little bit, I think we should not underestimate uh, the power of conditioning. And when I say that, I mean, over time, yeah, when things have been somehow, people get used to them and then it becomes the norm. When it's the norm, when we look at it years later or new generations look at it, you then ask, why did you do this? Why did you do that? And you, and you wonder, right. you, sh- you shouldn't have done that. You could have done this. You could have done that. But as you rightly said before, we didn't walk those shoes. So a lot of people who are young today, for example, are not living under a dictatorship. The last military government we've had ended up in yeah. 1999, yeah. uh, yes? If you were born in 1999
0: or 2000, Mate. Yeah, yeah you have you, to you'd be what people. now? You'd be 20 years that's old true. now.
1: And you'll probably be, you know, in the age of what we will call youth now. Yeah? This Sorosoke group.
0: I'm <laughs> please. There you go. I'm
1: muted, But at 20 yeah. years old, you know, that's a mature person. One year from 21, you know, that's a, that's a pretty mature person who would have a voice at this point and be speaking. But you'd never experience what it is to have the military on the streets telling you to do frog jumps and, uh, and all that sort of stuff. Oh yeah. So oh, if yeah. you look at it from that perspective, the life was really different, you know, for, for, for generations was, before. So I think, you know, where people might've wanted to say or do and all that, they may not have, if we go back to the landscape at the time, they may not even have had the liver to do it. If you see what I mean.
0: You couldn't, I remember people being picked up because, well, allegedly, please, I beg you people. Allegedly, phones were being tapped into, right? To listen into conversations um, at the time, I remember. Or there were whispers of it or rumors of it, whether that was true. But people used to just, all of a sudden, you would just see a military van, drive into a street, enter a house, and just up, yeah. right? I remember that. So anyone that was even born after 1993, they won't remember that. Or even if they were yeah. born in the 90s, early 90s. You were still too young to know that. But I remember those sort of things. I went to a military school, so I know exactly
1: how, <laughs>
0: uh, how I was treated because I was a bloody civilian, <laughs> as I was told every day. Because my there father, you go. Was and who soldier, wants to be at the
1: end of that, right? So it, you know?
0: you exactly. don't want to be. You didn't want to be because people were ended up missing. If they didn't find the father of the house, uh, they would pick right. the mother of the child. Like it was, it, things were rough. Absolutely. Were tough. And, and that's scary. why I said about
1: history, Kemisadi, because you know. Yeah. It's great that we are in the dispensation that we are in now. And democracy is a good thing, especially for our nation. If we hadn't gone into those years of military rule, well
0: Is it well, be controversial? Is democracy really what well, we need well, it, may not, it may not be what but we again need. I don't want it to be? No, a I agree with you. that's
1: <laughs> a totally different conversation. But relevant to this, it may not be what is what we need. It may not be the best thing for us. I don't know. But it is Correct. certainly better than having a military regime, I think because
0: anyway I, I did say this is not going to be a political conversation yes, let's. So <laughs> fair
1: enough <laughs> but um, yeah I mean you know, sometimes you fall into these things and you can't really run away from them but and the other yeah, reason I say that yeah. is because you know each group has its role you know and I think you know, the, you know everybody playing their role is, is important uh, and representation of the people but going back to your question about um, you know have we in any way been enablers of the corrupt practices in Nigeria I think that's a brilliant question, and um, I you know I have three sort of views to that, you know, in terms of if we have been, if I have been, let's be more specific. So it's possible that it could be unknowingly, passively, or indeed or indeed intentionally. Right. You see what I mean? And when I say unknowingly, I'm trying to be totally, you know, you know let's be let's dig in, you know, you know what I'm saying. Have we been enablers in any way, mm-hmm. unknowingly maybe? maybe, maybe things were done on your behalf, you know, you know.
0: Okay. Can I, can you please give an example? An EG. Yeah. I always like EG. So which means, a part I was of trying to avoid that. Talking, <laughs> I feel, I said, do you know why? Because I feel like each person listening can relate Absolutely. to an EG. Hmm. Because sometimes when we talk in abstract, it's just like I if these people are just speaking English. So it's always better. I think so. I may give you an example of an unknowingly. Yeah, give me one if you, you can think head. of one. I, I, a great story. Yeah. Can you yeah, think of anything? But of mm. an unknowingly situation. Okay, I, I. Hmm. Let me think of one. Don't know my behalf. I'm not sure, but a popular one. I will give it because everybody can relate. When you don't pass jam, they're <laughs> going to go and help you walk.
1: <laughs> well, here, there right? you go. But for, fortunately, so I you might say jam. unknowingly
0: because so that you did <laughs> <it. laughs> <laughs> so yeah that's an unknowingly let's so, so that's the kind of annoying. thing i mean you didn't do it you you're totally right that's the kind me. of
1: thing i mean you know actually mm-hmm. it's just everybody's going about their business thinking they're doing a good thing the best thing or whatever you know for in the interest of somebody else yeah. and you you take an act like that are yeah. you are enabling it to be honest right Yeah, corrupt practice. practice. If if you fail an exam and you're supposed to do it again, and you pay somebody to put you in a class or do whatever, you are enabling it. It's. I think it's really that simple. The one I said about passively, for example, is um, you know, it could be that you know you go to apply for something. I go and apply for something. Somebody sees my name and then says, "Come to the to the front of the queue," because they think you know this name is worth something or whatever or something. You you see what I mean? I'm not. I'm not. Yeah. Uh, touting my yeah. name or anything. But I'm just saying that if somebody yeah. did that, yeah, and I didn't say you no know, stop It's it's fine. I'll stay where I am. Let the queue go on as it is. You know, then I'm enabling it. Do you see yeah. what I mean? Because because true. I'm taking advantage yeah, of something that I really ought not to had it been a fair even world. do, 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 do you see what I mean? Is that kind yeah. of thing I mean? And then the intentional yeah. Yeah. one is that you overtly go and you know bribe somebody to do something. You do something that is. Totally unscrupulous, you know, and and you go, you know, you know, uh, a lot of these examples exist all over the place, you know, people who who are, yeah. you know, embezzling public funds and all, all sorts of things. Now, when these things
0: Hey, yeah, let's not even go that far. Let's bring it back to what our everyday well, you your everyday life. So you get to the airport and some custom officer is saying
1: there you, you go. Have
0: anything for us. The- I I I am being I am being as honest raising my hands, right? I have never given so money. So can I
1: say to you that that I probably, never. I think I can honestly safely say as well that that makes 100% of the two people speaking on this call. Yeah?
0: I, because, and then my response to them, I think they never even be them. going. Like, yeah.
1: Be yeah, that's the thing.
0: Because in my mind, I'm thinking to myself that the first person that gave them money was the person that opened the floodgates to this thing. Because now they see it as their right. Now, let's even now talk about even if you go to airports, that might even be privileged. Because in Nigeria or in the current state, that's even a privileged situation. Because it means you can mm. travel with your passports. You have passports. <laughs> let's leave that to the side. If you go, eh? So I want to go to civil eh? civil civil service mm. yeah, secretariat. You want to bring out your pension or you need the eh, actually let's even that was even small marriage certificates, your marriage license, those people are just a completely different human. They're a completely different yeah. animal on their own, right? Something that I should go in as a citizen of Nigeria to say, I'm going to get married. I need to apply for the license. They, they will tell you how much the form is that's it. But then apparently when you want to go back to collect it after you have married, you have to pay them or bring souvenirs for mm. them. Hmm? And you, some people who, I heard quote-unquote, you would have to price for them. Something that yeah. a civil servant, a public servant, that is an intentional. So the fact that the first person that ever said, Madam or Mr. and Mrs., for you to collect this your license, when you come back, everything people gave, everything people shared at your wedding. Including service, the
1: plastic and the everything first, that you gave out.
0: The first <laughs> person that responded and succumbed to that demand Indeed. open the floodgates because they now saw it as their right. Something that if it was nipped in the bud immediately. So I will now tell you, if it happened to me, let, let me assume I'm the first person that that happened to. And then you're my friend and you're saying you're going to get my i like, ah, my guy, you better make sure you have all these things for these people. Oh. That is enabling is. corruption in the public service domain. So let's just be real with ourselves. Before we start pointing finger, Let's be real with ourselves. All those things. If a group of people had said, we're going to the secretariat and we're going to demand that the director of whatever, whatever it is, family affairs, your staff are asking for a bribe, all sorts, paraphernalia, or souvenir, It cannot be tolerated because they're, they're public servants. Guess what would have happened? That would have ended there. But again, as you said, because we're resilient, ah, you just do what you need to do. Just get yeah, your yeah. Just You will never see them again. <sighs> But, do you know, don't but this, is where, this is where the, the resilience Here's goes wrong happened. a bit,
1: though. Because at this point, yeah. resilience yeah. is now crossing the line into that selfishness that I described. Why? Because now you're doing it not yeah. because you're resilient. You're doing it. That, yeah, so Just you can get, you get what you need. What you you need, need, to need to you're doing it for convenience now. Yeah. You see what I mean? So yeah. Yeah. There, there are things that resilience can give you that are not breaking the law. That are not, do you understand, uh, crossing the boundary? But when you do it in that manner, then you're absolutely right, because then are you standing up for what is right or not? That's what it's down to. And if you're not standing up for what is right, then you are definitely standing down for what's wrong. So I, I think it's um there's, there's a dividing line there for me, but um, yeah, some of these examples you've given are absolutely the everyday things that people go through in these you know these three categories yeah. I talk about. Sometimes unknowingly, as I said, passively. And also, absolutely intentionally, and um, yeah, you know, the question is: This is now so ingrained in the fabric of, of of a nation. How do you begin to reverse that? That is the challenge that faces us. So it's um, it's a massive thing. It's a massive thing.
0: Well, we we've just ended the first episode of this or first discussion. We'll be back because I feel like there's just so much that we can talk about. But I hope this is kind of like a a think think. Think tank, <laughs> I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. Think tank for everyone, right? Um, because it, I, I feel like before we point fingers, there's a Yoruba saying that says, But technically, technically, I would translate for the non Yoruba speakers. But technically, it's not four fingers, though. Let's do it. So the saying is, if you're yeah. pointing a finger at someone, it's actually four three, right? Are coming back to you. But yes. technically, it's three. Definitely. Yes, one, <laughs> <laughs> one more point to the yeah. person again. One more point to the person next to you. Which means before you start pointing to someone in mm-hmm. front of you or beside you or around you, look at yourself. Before we, we I know it's bad. I know the, the, the people in leadership, I know that it's bad. I know. But before we start pointing fingers at them, because they're us, they're everyday people like you and I, before we start doing that, I think it's maybe safe to say. And it's actually safe to say, let's start with ourselves. And then we'll be back with the next episode, people. But thank you for listening. And in the next episode, we'll definitely be talking about a lot more uh, intense and thought provoking questions. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Right. So before we um, obviously close off this episode, I thought it would be a great idea for us to recite the national pledge. It's obviously something that I remember doing every day at school as a child. Not sure if that's done anymore now, Uh, but I think that the words are kind of resonant with what's going on now. And also, I think I'd like to challenge our listeners or anyone listening, um, because I believe that there's power in words. And, you know, it's very easy when you talk about Nigeria, whether with passion or with pain or whatever it We is, I've noticed that there's always a negative conversation, you know, things like, oh, Nigeria, they had, and all these kinds of comments that we all make. And I think that um, if we all decide to change those words that we speak, because there's something about if you speak over a nation constantly and it's all negative as an indigent, I don't, and we say we want to pray for a better Nigeria. I think we're contradicting ourselves. So I would like to challenge everyone that each time you speak about Nigeria, try to do the opposite, you know, as bad as things are, try to confess. It's like speaking over a nation, right? That we speak what we want. We speak life and we tell Nigeria to arise. Um, so... No, I think, I think it's, before,
1: it's, a, it's a fantastic point you made there. Yeah. Also, because, you know, if you look at the British national anthem, you know, first line, God save our gracious queen. And see how gracious... And how she's been kept and all, yeah. You know the power of words is very significant. Yeah, you are right. So such brilliant, powerful words have been built into our national anthem and our pledge. Yeah, Yeah. and and I totally agree. Yeah,
0: right. So uh, if you still remember it, I do. Um, (laughs) We'll say it together. Okay. Um, I pledge. I pledge to Nigeria, Nigeria, my country, country,
1: to to be be faithful, faithful, loyal, and honest. honest, To to serve Nigeria Nigeria with all my my strength. strength. To to defend defend her her unity unity
0: and uphold
1: her her honour and glory. glory. So So help help me God.
0: Well, that's it, people. We're out. Thank you.
1: Bye.